All right, so here's the deal. So last podcast, I made this whole big thing like, oh, by, you know, Friday or whatever, you know, or I was thinking about next Friday. I, I wasn't quite sure if it was going to be next week, like whatever. I was going to release this food prep podcast and downloadable. And you guys were just like, no, we want it now. <laughs> so I got a lot of DMs and a lot of people enthusiastically wanting to food prep. And you know what? I am not mad at you. In fact, it's my fault because I'm continuously encouraging you to do things like ahead of time. So here you are listening and as a result, just pressuring me to give to you faster. So you know what? I did it. I pulled an all-nighter. I made sure that you guys got it and we finished. So either probably today or by tomorrow, it'll be up on the website. And like I said, if you are part of our email um, subscription, you're just going to get it straight into your inbox anyway. So lucky you. But at the end of the day, it is going to be always on our website, www.mindful-muslim.com. Now, I didn't mention that um, so many people had requested um, how to make their home an Islamic home. That I put a freebie up on there that usually is only on Thrive. There's certain things that I do for Thrive and my Thrive sisters that I do not release anywhere else. But for some things... Once in a while, if I just get like extreme requests, um, I do that. And because it is, um, you know, Ramadan and a lot of Ramadan will be in the home because of COVID, I said, you know what? Everybody needs this information. So on the resources section or in the resources section, you will find the Ramadan Essentials Toolkit. You will find this food prep thing I'm about to do. And I'm going to go into some details here and I'm going to have a YouTube video. And lastly, you're going to get the Islamic, how to have your Islamically aligned home. Get excited, guys. There's a lot of good stuff happening, and I want you to be happy. Ramadan's here. Let's do this. Let's talk about, let's get into food prep and all our favorite recipes and things. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at the Mindful Muslima Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslima, and we are bringing you podcasts twice a week, three times in Ramadan. And if you don't already know me, I am a licensed educator of 20 years, a mom of five, and kind of like a big sister to the community. I've done this work for years, for like two decades in person, and as life moved online, so did I. Just had to go where my sisters are. We're currently serving 705, just reached it yesterday, 705,000 women. And that's in 137 countries. So we're in all continents now, alhamdulillah. Very, very happy. Um, I actually did an interview in Oman the other day. No, I wasn't like in Oman, even though I have traveled to Oman. And might I say, it is a very lovely place, very lovely people. Um, but uh, yeah, I have to think maybe I might try to see if I can release that as a bonus. But we did something on minimalism in Oman, which I thought was quite an interesting topic. Maybe I'll find a way to release it here. But today we're going to talk about Ramadan food prep tips. And like I said, in this like ultimate food prep and recipe ebook guide, you're going to have all the details. You know, one of the things I struggle with for years is, um, you know, what could I do before? And it's really funny. <laughs> I was at um, one of my relatives just maybe like, I don't know, a week or two prior. And I was visiting her and, you know, 
I thought I was so smart because I was like, there's a particular thing that we eat in our house. It's called the bintisah. And if you're Yemeni, you'll know what I mean. And it's very complicated and it takes a long time. So what happens is when I do make the ajina, the, the dough for it, I like I make it ahead of time, right? So I make it and then I, I, I like batch cook. I make two, whatever. It's not cooking. It's like bread making, right? So here's the thing. So I think I'm all smart and slick because I'm taking the layers and I'm putting the semna and I'm like, you know, all the different things, the layering of the, the, the buttery stuff and everything. And then I'm, I'm covering it and I'm freezing it. I have one for now, one for another time. And I'm like, oh, look at me. So then I go to, and it's like an elder family member, you know, like somebody who knows better, who's been doing this longer. And then I go to the house and I see she pulls out the whole, not just like the whole sahan cooked but she pulls it out and she had already cut them into like pizza shapes because that's what they do with them it's a long story i can't explain it on podcasts there are no visuals in a podcast let's just say it looks like the size of a circle pizza and then how you like you cut pizza into like like uh, pizza slices it's like that so she had cooked it already and then cut them into slices froze them individually and then just put them in ziploc bags in other words like someone just wants a piece she's like here just cut it and take it out i'm like what do you does that taste the same she's like yep every morning if my husband wants it with some breakfast with some honey and some tea i just take one out it's already cooked i'm literally just heating it up in the oven and it's done and i'm like oh my goodness you can cook it and then freeze it now some women will hear this and be like oh ew never has to be fresh but listen listen what I've learned over the years is the people who can tell the difference are usually the women who cook, but oftentimes her husbands cannot. Now, there are some husbands who are very smart and they can. I'm not saying that you're not smart if you can't tell if bread was pre-cooked or not. I mean, let's just be fair. I'm just trying to say um, in certain types of households and stuff like that, I've seen men you know, when if they were like pampered by certain family members and stuff, like they could tell the difference, whatever not the average guy. So my point is, if there is another faster way to do it, I suggest you to do it because I just got it like handed to me the other day where I was like, all this time, I could have never even, because usually you take it and then you have to like defrost it and then you have to get it room temperature, then you got to put it in the oven and it's got to cook for another 30, 40 minutes. And it's, like, it's, it's involved, you know what I mean? And it could take like an hour to make it or an hour and a half, whatever to begin with. Just the layers. And so my point is, we're talking about a really long process that this woman has deduced to five minutes in the oven. And I commend her. So just when you think, you know, you don't know. So if you didn't already know, here's our moment of glory. Like you could download the ebook, like I said, that my team put together and you can get a ton of stuff that you didn't know. Like for me, one of the things that was really hard too, is I wasn't sure like, what could I freeze? What can I not freeze? we put that in there for you. Like, what are the best things to freeze? What is my favorite personal list of before Ramadan stuff to freeze? I put it there and then I even broke down my recipes. So let's get into a bit of what I'm doing right now and how you can get your house together for food prep for Ramadan. And like I said, inshallah, inshallah, my goal for this YouTube is to like actually get in there and just do videos on these types of things. You could see visuals. It's it's not easy on a podcast, but believe me, you guys have a good imagination. I'm sure you can figure it out. So the first one is um, to have kind of a plan, right? Everything starts with a plan. So it's funny, like as soon as I knew I was going to start to do this stuff like Ramadan, I felt the vibe coming in. I went to my computer. I'm a geek. I'm a little geekish. Okay. I have a Google Drive. Because you know what it was? Year after year, I realized I would start to like, oh, it's Ramadan. What do I need? Ramadan list. And my husband and I, we love to go to the same place every time. Now, I will admit this place is pricey. But if you live 
in the US and you live in New York, let's get even more granular if you go to Brooklyn, because everybody goes to Brooklyn, especially Bay Ridge, in Ramadan time, yes, you know who you are. But the point is everybody has that area, that store that you go there for Ramadan shopping and it's like super nostalgic. Now, we usually split ourselves between somewhere in Jackson Heights for like beautiful spices and herbs because they have like an awesome like Indian slash Bengali slash Pakistani community there, but like, you know, awesome access to really good fresh stuff. And then we also can sometimes go to like a couple different you know, Fifth Avenue Kings. I'm just naming all these places for people who are local and they might be interested. But we do go to Belledi too, and it has become ridiculously expensive. But for some reason, we just go there for the vibe. So you might have that place that you go to, right? But either way, the point is, every year I found myself in a notebook, writing down my list, and I was cooking the same stuff every year. So I pushed myself to the computer to say, make it in a Google list this year, put it on a Google Drive. Every Ramadan, you just press print. So I did that the past couple of Ramadans. I just clicked print, it was in my hand, put it in my purse, I'm ready to go. So my first thing is have a plan. And if you could put that plan on a Google sheet or a Google drive where like, it's like just literally in your computer. So you just press print every year. I'm like, why reinvent the wheel if you're just going to do it again? So I have my plan. I usually split it up between these areas. And when you go into our downloadable ebook, you will find these areas there. I put them into like marinades because I want marinades of like, you know, to pre-prep the meats. I want my spice blends because I go and I blend all my spices in bulk for the month. I mean, I do this regularly in my house, but like especially for Ramadan, there's certain things I pull out. Like I'll have a Sudanese spice mix and a, and a Somali one and a Yemeni one and a Moroccan one. Like I have them and I'll toast them and I'll like, I'll do it in a big thing. So like I have like a glass jar of spice for that whole month to do like beautiful cooking if I want to marinate or whatever I want to do. Point is I have like a marinade list. I have like a spice mix list and you're getting these in the downloadable. So, <laughs> you know, you can have mine, but you can like bring your zone in as well and just add it to the list. And then I have an iftar one and sahur section and then a dessert section. And the funny thing is I have a dinner section and I did give you guys a couple like, like easy to freeze things. And they're more like stew-ish types type things because I'm not into like whole meal in a tray freezing. I, I don't know. It's just not me. I'm, I'm a little bit bougie with that stuff. Like I like stuff like, I don't know, let's just say a little bit more home cooked in, in other ways. So I'll do like the meat and the stew, but I won't add the vegetables and stuff. Cause I don't like the way they freeze sometimes. So I'll, I'll just defrost all that, then throw the veggies in like it was freshly done. And it's just, that's how I make the difference. Anyway, point is you guys are going to get all the lists and everything's in there. And so inshallah, you'll have it all. So start with a plan. And then after you have the plan, if you can have your regular list, like I said, every year, if you could put them in a Google Drive, if you just move yourself to do it, maybe my downloadable ebook will like motivate you. <laughs> all you have to do is be like, well, I have all this stuff. All I have to do is just add a list of a couple things of my own. Okay. And then the third thing is I go on, um, either to the dollar store or to Target, or this year I'm thinking of going on Amazon. I'm actually in the middle of doing that literally as we speak this week and ordering all the pre-freezing items. So again, I explain this in the in the ebook, so it's not a problem like how to freeze things, but let's say I usually do them mostly in glass and glass is very expensive. 
and it takes up space. So this year, my daughter inspired me because I have a deep freezer. I have like my regular fridge and freezer where I have like my light stuff, but like I deep freeze, like I buy meat in bulk and stuff like that and whatever. So I put that in deep freezer, even though I don't personally eat meat. Yeah, I don't eat meat. <laughs> it's just me, but I, I still cook it for everyone else. You know, it's, it's, it's allowed. You know, everybody should be eating whatever's allowed and halal and whatever. And so I do that, but just for me, I don't. So anyway, point is I'm planning, but then I'm going and I'm, and I'm purchasing all the things. I get like freezer safe bags and glass jars for spices and labels. And I, I get it hyper organized. Now, where are we like three, four weeks ahead that I'm starting this? And then um, I have them in the house. So I'm not like running around like a mad woman a week before Ramadan. Look like, why would I do that? Like we're in 2021. You could just order these things at the press of a button and they're at your house in two hours. So if I didn't make the effort, that's just silly. Now, once again, if you can do it where you plan all this stuff and then every year you just hit print or, you know, or you just have these regular lists that you pull up on Amazon, like anything you've previously bought, you could just rebuy it again. It's just so easy. So anyway, so I am planning and then I have my my list. If you could do it on a Google list, it's even better. And then I say, well, just like I did in the last podcast, okay, that's a goal I have. I want to like ha have my plan and make all these things. Because you know what happened is that in the past two, three years, I started moving more towards barbecuing. And that was probably because of my laziness. No, what I realized is my family started to not want to eat dinner. And that's why I also didn't include that many dinners in there. Like we are eating, by the time we're done breaking fast in iftar, because we have like, usually I'll, we'll have, okay, these are the things we usually break fast with. And I did not put all of them in the ebook because some of them are really involved and they're not to everyone's taste. Okay. So like we'll have um, something called uh, shorba and shafut. And then we'll also have harira. Like I love harira. Like that's my jam. I know. And so subhanAllah, like everybody has their thing, right? Or like maybe others, like these are all just different like soups, whether they're like Moroccan or Egyptian or Yemeni, like whatever. And then, um, then we have iftar bites. So like, you're going to see like in my book, there's like three different types of samosa or there's like, or sambusa, however you want to call it. And there's like little pizza bites. I also have done calzone bites. I'm like, whatever it is, like you want to have these little things. We have dates, we have watermelon, we have fruits. We have, you know, water. And then you know what? You're, you're so hungry. But then as you start to eat, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm full. So what I found was I would start to serve. We'd, we would we would just like break fast quickly. Then we'd go pray. Then we would come back and we would have full dinner. And what happened was people would, and by the way, I suggest you do that. I don't suggest you break fast and you sit for like an hour and a half and you don't go pray. I've seen people do that. Haram, haram. Don't do that. So the point is, even if you just break fast with a date, you know, obviously we're eating dates. I didn't mention it to me. It's just like no, no brainer. It's Ramadan. There's boxes of dates, you know, the milk and the date or the water and the date. And then if you want to even like go into like having a couple of sambus or whatever, you go pray, you come back, you eat. But I found that my family was like getting full and then they didn't want to eat dinner. And then I started to like end up having dinner that I tried to salvage, but then I would throw it away. Not because, um, you know, people didn't like it. It was just like, it wasn't necessary. So my husband, like a couple of years back, he was like, can we make a deal? And I'm like, what? He's like, can we stop making dinner for Ramadan? And I was like, oh, stop making an entire dinner. Sure. Because, and for me, that was so helpful, even though like you think it wouldn't be because I would make, like I said, like all these, these soups and bites and things like that. And you know, these fresh fruits, I cut them up and then there was a full on dinner and then I would have multiple 
desserts and they would be anything from like healthy ones to not healthy ones. Cause I always have like a variety of people in my house, not just my immediate kids. It's just, I have, like I said, five kids and, and even I technically have raised six and three of them are married now. And then there's grandkids. And so like my point is by the end, you want to feel special. So I go all out point is <laughs> that was like really helpful to cut out the dinner. So for me, um, what I would say to people is, plan what works for you. Now, some women are hearing all of this and they're like, oh honey, I work. And okay. So I just want to say I did this working eight to 10 hours and I still would do all this. And you're like, oh my goodness, how are you doing all that? Hence my downloadable ebook. <laughs> I t- I'm going to tell you right now, I start prepping for Ramadan cooking like three to four months in. So let me tell you, let's get into the freezer and storage section of this podcast and explain to you how I do it. All right. So first of all, I pre-cook in bulk. So what I'll do is I say to myself, okay, what are things that I'm going to cook continuously that will need portions of that recipe that will take a long time? Let me give you a perfect example. Um, If you have a soup and I don't use canned beans and things, they have aluminum, it's like not healthy, it's more expensive, it's actually cheaper for me to buy a big bag of chickpeas than to our garbanzo beans, however you want to call them, like then to buy cans and cans and cans of it. So what I do is in bulk on a Sunday, I'll take, and, and by the way, I make um, sambusa with lentils because my family, I don't know why they've gravitated towards, I do shrimp, potato, cheese, lentils. Sometimes I'll do pizza if I want to get like for the kids, they like it. But the point is after a while, everybody started gravitating towards the lentil ones. And I was like, okay. And um, did I say potato? I make potato ones. And then at the end of the day, so I I noticed that when I boil the chickpeas, if you've ever boiled chickpeas, they take a long time. Or the lentils and stuff, I can pre-do things, like I can pre-cook them. So I either soak them, chickpeas take eight hours to soak. If I want to make falafel and things like that, which is another iftar bite, it's in my recipe book. This is the the falafel. Once you eat this one, you're not eating any other falafel. I'm sorry. It's so good because I'm so picky with falafel and it's like soft and fluffy inside and it's just like a big hug and outside it's crispy. Alhamdulillah. It's just like, it's like once you eat these, I don't know, like I don't like to eat falafel outside. There's only like one or two places outside. Alhamdulillah. So the point is like you have to soak the chickpeas for eight hours, which means you have to plan that, which is like, so these are all just nonsense stuff. So on certain days, I will pre-soak batches of chickpeas, then I will bag them into um, freezer things. You have to label them. Please don't be lazy, guys. This is where it all goes awry. And then you do a lot of work and you end up throwing something out. If it gets stuck together, it got smeared, you can't tell what it is. You're not sure, so you throw it out. Haram, haram. So we want to make sure that we don't waste money, waste food, or waste time, right? Or what's the point? So label it for the things that are soaked. Then for the things that I I pre-cook them as well. So I might pre-cook them or boil them because like maybe boiling chickpeas would take an hour or something like that because I'm doing a lot of them. Then I would do that. And so all these things of like grains, ooh, that's another one. I like to throw butter or wheat and stuff. So I I do freeze, um, I do cook ahead these things. So for example, um, in uh, one of the, the things that we eat every single night, which is called shorba, there's bulgur, bulgur in it. Bulgur, bulgur wheat. I don't know if you're going to say it. Like, it's something cracked. There's fine ones and medium ones. I hope all this is interesting to you guys. You guys said you wanted food prep. I'm getting nitty gritty. And like I said, you got the book with all the detail. So the point is, all the things that are grains that I would have to add to soups or to like, you know, 
and shorba is like let me just break it down for you it's milk this bulgur grain and then it is semna which is like basically burnt clarified butter and sugar and water obviously to initially boil the bulgur and this is like you know at a certain you know measurements and stuff like that and in the end you have it with you breaking your fast it's extremely traditional and so the point is to cook bulgur every day at first I used to sit there over the stove with the 45 minutes of cooking and cooking and cooking, then add the milk. No way. It's ridiculous. So what I do now is I pre-cook the grains so that they're hydrated and everything. And if I just add the milk, the semen, the sugar, I can cook it maybe within 10 to 15 minutes or something like that. And then it's good for the day. So I have to cut it into more than half. And so that if it's something you're having regularly, ask yourself, how can I cut the time down? Is there a portion that I can pre-cut and freeze? If you're not sure what you can cut and freeze, what freezes well, what doesn't freeze well, I have a list inside of the ebook. Believe me, I took all the guesswork out. If you're not sure, like, you know how to start, like I put all this stuff in there, right? And so my, my storage and, and freezing suggestion to you is think about, go back to your plan and ask yourself, what elements of these recipes what like just look at one recipe what elements of this recipe can be done ahead let me give you another um hint you can sometimes um what i do is i also take garlic and this again it's in the book i crush it and i put it into ice cube trays with a little bit of olive oil and i freeze it right until they're all into little cubes then I pop them out of the, the trays and I put them into little freezer bags so they're individually frozen separately. And every time I want some crushed garlic into a stew or a soup or anything, I'm not sitting there crushing garlic every day for 30 days. I use a lot of garlic, a lot of onions. Onions I don't freeze, they get weird. I really wish I could freeze onions because we use them in everything, but you know, whatever. There's always the food processor, right? But the point is, I put them in blocks. Same thing you do with lemon juice. If you like using lemon a lot, and if it's like in a particular recipe with fish or something, you have to add lemon, you can freeze those into ice cube blocks and put them into bags. I mean, there's so many things. You could say like, what could I, what do I use regularly, daily, that I'm gonna have to keep chopping or keep, you, there's certain, um, so many herbs that you could freeze. I have um, a detailed description on how to freeze various herbs and stuff like that in there. I mean, you have it all guys, just don't forget in the um, description, you'll find it there. And um, if you're in my email list, I'll be emailed to you. And then if not, it's going to be on the website, www.mindful-muslima.com, M-U-S-L-A-M-A-H.com um, in the resources section. So yeah, things like that. And then I go into the dose. So here's the trick. And again, I put it in the book. So for years, I would make the dose fresh every day. That is a lot of work, but I didn't want to give it up because like, honestly, my family, they're bread people. They love to eat the dose. And so like they eat bread and that requires fresh dough every day. And so that was a lot of work. And like I said, I work, I have kids. FYI, I used to do this nine months pregnant while fasting and raising four children at the time. But I would, I always fast straight through. And by the way, if you're a person who is, you know, debating, should I fast or not? I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm just trying to say, I fasted with my kids nine, I don't know why my kids always come at eight or nine months. Like it's always like Ramadan. I don't know, subhanAllah, they all come the same time of year. So our, our birthdays are very close, but it's, it's like a Rahma. So 
you know, I always fast in that time. So my point is, as long as it's safe for you and your doctor, like you can do that. You just make sure it's safe. And the way I do that, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, and I have um, a different podcast on that one, but just want to say this to anybody who struggles with fasting, which I'm sure will, your ears are perking up, right? You're driving in the car and you're like struggles with fasting. Yeah, that's me. Or you're walking or driving or washing the dishes and listening to this. So the point is this. Um, so hold is really important. So also in the ebook, I have, I do an entire thing of batch freezing smoothies and there's particular smoothies that just keep me hydrated. They keep you fuller longer. When I drink a smoothie in the morning and I got my husband on this, he was not into this. He was like, just give me some, some bread and some cheese and some food. And, and I do not suggest food in the morning, but because it, it dehydrates you because of the salt content. Any cheeses with a lot of salt will dehydrate you. Anyway, I got him into the smoothie thing. He was like, whatever, smoothies for breakfast? No thanks. Like, give me some real food. I'm about to fast. So what I did was I would give him what he wanted, but like my other tips that I do sometimes on YouTube, and you'll see with getting your family to a more like plant-based diet, I said, you have to like gradually put things out. I said, look, just do me a favor. Just try it for a couple days. See how you feel. My husband was like, oh my gosh, I need to have a smoothie every day. I didn't get hungry till like two, three o'clock. That I've never had that happen before. So subhanAllah, now if he doesn't have a smoothie, he's like, oh, I was hungrier today because I didn't have a smoothie. Like those days where I just forget to defrost it forever. So the point is, I kind of ruined it and shot my own self in the foot, right? The point is, there's certain things that you do. They will make your situation with fasting easier. Like when we break our fast, um, we always have like lots of watermelon. It's very hydrating. Like, But these are all plan ahead things. We have a route that we drive home to pick up the watermelon. So like if you haven't caught tip number one, it was like sit down and plan and just think realistically what makes sense. Maybe it's on Friday. I can't do cooking at all. I'm going to be tired and wiped out from work. I want to order from this place. Let me find out what their pickup situation is in Ramadan. Let me find out like whatever. Then the biggest problem for us is um, from where we live is in the Muslim community, especially in New York, like right before Ramadan comes, everybody orders meat. Imagine, imagine everybody's ordering mass quantities of meat the same week every year. So what do we do? We order it another week earlier or two. Um, people always do every time, especially like I said, when they shop in New York City, they go the day or two before Ramadan, massive shopping. It's hectic. It's annoying. People are not always kind to each other. It is crowded. So what do we do? We go four days before and you're like, oh, things are going to go bad. No, they're not. I mean, we we get staples that we know will not spoil easily. We, we plan. That's my point. So, um, we are doing this for a reason, right? What's the benefit of planning? Less stress, more focus. The reason people don't reach their goals in Ramadan is because they don't think about the how-to, how to get it done. Like I mentioned in the last podcast, like, well, I have these goals, okay? But how are you going to meet those goals? Like, oh, I want to make sure I have all these fresh, beautiful meals and they're healthy. Okay, so what have you done to get that emotion? What have you done? Well, let me tell you what you can do. You can download the ebook, right? Now, I'm just, I'm just saying this because I earnestly want women to have an easier time. I want people to know that success is possible. So much is possible. And you're going to be seeing over my Instagram the next couple of you know, weeks, just how I cook, how I, it's going to be easy. So like if I think in my, one of my older YouTube videos, right, it was like Ramadan food prep. And I did one, right. I had like some samosas, you can kind of see them already and stuff like that. 
then all of a sudden it was like day in the life of Ramadan. I did one of those. And I'm talking like 2019. And you see, I'm like, so today's the day where I'm going to whip out everything that I did before. I pulled out a marinade for the chicken. So I just had to like throw the chicken in the oven. The chicken cooked all on its own. I use the oven a lot in Ramadan. I use the barbecue. Why? Because you could slow cook and roast things and forget them and go do other stuff. All the, like, this is the thing. You have to just pick smart, um, a smart menu. And I've given you some of my favorite smart, easy, low prep, low, or like or you could prep ahead or low attention. Like I use my slow cooker. I use my oven where things roast all day. I just like the point is you got to remember to defrost stuff from the morning. So what happens is I have my night routine. You know, like some people have a night routine with makeup. <laughs> like my night routine is look at everything that will affect me tomorrow. Honestly, saves my world. Like, so I go to my planner and I'm like, well, what's up with tomorrow? So I look at what my day's like with my kids. I take all my stuff the night before. I want to work out. You know, I'm never going to work out unless I get my, so I get all my clothes out. Like I get myself all prepped. So all I have to do is grab and go. It makes the day easy. Likewise, I say, well, like what's for dinner tomorrow? If it's chicken, I have to take it out the freezer, set it in the fridge and let it defrost. Or if it's something I put on the counter, I put on the counter with, with Ramadan. I make all my smoothies for two weeks. You know, like I, I have these three main smoothies. Again, they'll be in the book. And I use these three and I keep alternating them. And I just like put them in for about two weeks. So I only make smoothies twice all Ramadan. I make like, I get a, a whole bunch of um, glass jars from Target. They sell them like for like 12 bucks for like whatever it is, 20 something of them. And then I just get them and I, and I make like these smoothies all in like one day. I buy all the frozen fruits and things, whatever, and all the superfoods. I put like chia in there and flaxseed. And you'll never know. I secretly hide them. You can't tell. They, they taste like berries and everything else. You'll never know. Anyway, the point is you'll have the recipes in there. Um, and I make them all for like two weeks. And so I'm not making smoothies every day. Okay. Same thing with all my lentils and legumes and whatever. I'm boiling them all, backing them up for at least two weeks. So I tend to do two batches somewhere getting around the middle of Ramadan. I'll have to do it one more time before the end. And what I do is I, we eat so many samosa in my house or sambusa so that like I have to usually roll eight to nine full on freezer bags full of samosa because that's how many we go through. So you can't do that every day. Who wants to roll samosa? <laughs> do you know anybody? If you have rolled that and we make it like from scratch, like by the time you make the filling and, the, and then mind you, I'm homeschooling, I'm working. I do all this full-time working. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. That's it, guys. And I'm being honest. I, you know me. I have multiple degrees. I go out and work with Muslims and non-Muslims. I'm in the community. I'm doing work. I'm doing da'wah. I'm online. I'm posting things like I'm very busy and I'm still able to do all this. Is it because I'm crazy super mom? No, it's called planning. See, everybody gets the same 24 hours of their life. It's what you do with it. So even if you don't want to do all the crazy things that I'm doing, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm just here as like, look what is possible. And you just choose what works for you. There's no pressure. If there's 10 things I mentioned, choose one or two that resonate and be like, I'm going to do that this year. So like another, la the last one I'll mention is, um, you know, in terms of the food, and then I'll just mention my last thing about scheduling with the food is um, I do desserts as well ahead of time. One of my favorite things, if you have people that just pop over, you ever have that? Your husband just brings people home and you're like, oh, 
guess who's coming over? And you're like, during Ramadan, because I invited them over for iftar. And then you're like, thanks for telling me. Like, you have like no time. Because I have all these freezer things, like people can surprise me at any time. It doesn't really matter. I have pre-marinated things, whatever. The defrosting part can be tricky. But when it comes to these cookies I'll tell you about right now, they don't take long to defrost at all. So what happens is I have um, different types of Moroccan cookies. I usually have, and I learned this from my friends. I have a whole bunch of Maghribiya um, friends. And every year in Ramadan, I was always so impressed with them. So impressed. Like, honestly, some like, I love food from all over the world. I have friends from all over the world. This is the beauty of being Muslim, right? Eating really amazing food and re like meeting and being close to so many beautiful, amazing women. That's why I love, love connecting with so many of you. I had a sister just, I'll just throw this out there just yesterday, just um, not like, I think it was last week. I had this series and I had shared with everyone that I love, love this series. And I, and I watch it in Ramadan. It's called like a uh, traveler with the Quran or like, um, Enlightened by the Quran, whoever it's it's Fahd al Kandri, and he does these really really great series, and I always watch them with my husband. So the sister's like, um, sister, like I know you always watch this series, but I have one for you. I want you to watch, and she just sent me something, and I think it was you know taking place in Jordan or Somalia, but like I don't know. I think the host was like from Emirates. I don't know. But anyway, the point is she had me watching it and like in two seconds, I'm crying. And I'm just like, thank you so much. Like you guys always share things with me that are so beautiful. I was like, literally like she Instagrams me and like 10 minutes later, I'm like bawling my eyes out watching this episode that she shared. So I love connecting with you guys. I love that we're from all over the world. I have sisters call me from, like I said, Somalia, the UK, Finland, Denmark, Nigeria, like Ghana. I have people call me from everywhere all over the world. I think Mexico, um, Indonesia, Malaysia, Pakistan, India, like love connecting with you guys. Shout out to all the women who are the podcast listeners. Anyway, so I do these cookies and so I have them in the freezer and I, and I pre-make them. So my friends who are, like I said, the Moroccan, they are so smart. And so what happened is like, there were like five friends and each of them would just make two cookies, just two cookies, a lot of them. So if they're going to make like Riba, like this uh, one with like walnuts or like whatever it was, or like almond, they would make two cookies, a bunch of them, enough to split between five women. And then each of them would make two. So let's do the math. Five times two is 10. They'd have 10 different types of beautiful, teeny weeny, very intricately detailed Moroccan cookies. So cute. Then they would share them with each other and put them in freezer, um, like little freezer, uh, I don't know, plastic containers, and they would put them in their freezers. And I know that because I would come to their house, maybe like my husband would get invited and then I would go there. And then subhanAllah, they would just pull it out the freezer. And in two seconds, they had a beautiful plate of like handcrafted cookies. You thought they like stayed up all day and night. And they're like, oh no. <laughs> they're like, we communally make these cookies. And they just gave me the most beautiful idea to do that with my children. So my daughter and I started doing this where we would communally make cookies together. And she would make certain ones and I would make certain ones. And then we would share between our houses and things like that. So these are things that we do for each other. These are memories that we're building. And alhamdulillah, like my husband i think that's his favorite part of ramadan is the cookies he's just always like did you make moroccan cookies and we have that with beautiful green tea and mint tea and whatever and this is this is it see this is what it's all about it's all about the memories now you could just grab takeouts and go to places and it's hard for you and i get it it's hard but i encourage you to do something a bit more homey something a bit more nostalgic something that isn't too hard 
Now, like I'm saying, like even stews, I have a couple stew recipes in there that you could do ahead. You could make two or three stews and freeze them and portion them so you could take them out and just thaw them and then literally just add some veggies to them. You've got rice and you have a full on dinner and people are like, oh my gosh, my mom cooked me this. You know, the kids and the husband, they feel like I got really, you feel like a warm hug after you, you never, you ever like fast and then you have to eat fast food because something happened and you couldn't get home. It's not a good feeling, right? As opposed to like a beautiful like gathering and you go eat food cooked from someone's hand. It's just such a different vibe. It's so nice. I love Ramadan. And even though I'm focusing a lot on food in this podcast, it's because you guys asked about it. I really wanted to just open my heart and my home and say, these are things I've done for years with my children. And now they do it with their children. Last thing I'll say in terms of the food prep is try to schedule a charity dinner or two or three. So what I do with my kids is we pick one or two or three days where we are just cooking fisibilila. Like, yes, we're cooking always for the family. That is fisibilila for the sake of Allah, right? But we also want to just give to the community. We'll make beautiful, elaborate desserts for the for the quote unquote like poor and needy like it it just because people don't have doesn't mean i slop together whatever i have in my kitchen no i want them to have like an amazing experience like as if they came to my home and i was able to serve them as my guests and that's the way we feed people even if it's just like for charity we want them to have this amazing experience and to feel honored to feel like somebody really loves and cares about them. So I encourage you that even when you go to do charitable things with food, that you do them with the utmost care and respect for those people. And this will show for your family and for your children for generations that this is not just like us giving some stuff to people, you know, stuff we don't want, stuff we don't like, stuff we did really fast and mindlessly. These are things that we take 100% pride in and care and and these and everyone is equal to everyone else and who knows you know in the day of Yaman Qiyamah maybe these people will be the only reason I'm elevated at all so Allahu alam you know so I encourage you guys like I said download the ebook I know I mentioned enough because I want you to have an easy Ramadan I want you to have a meaningful easy breezy but like warm cozy like a hug you have some stuff under your belt in the freezer so you don't have to feel stressed. Literally, my day in Ramadan is me like taking stuff out the freezer and assembling. I assemble in Ramadan. I don't cook in Ramadan. It's more like an assembly because I just take things that I have thoughtfully done and put them together. But it usually takes me three to four weeks. But how do I do it? I'll just give you this last tip to, to make it super easy and doable. Each week, I focus on a different element. So maybe this um, week, I'll focus only on iftar, only on like the little bites and things, and I'll just pre-make them as I can. Or like maybe I'll just like, I used to sometimes, every once in a while, I'll take off like one day of work or something like this and just go to town and be like, ask my husband, can you grab the kids? Or my mom, can you grab the kids? I just want to like do like eight to 10 hours of cooking in one shot. And then I would get out like three, four, five meals in batches. And like, and then I was good to go for like a week and a half, two weeks. And it was really easy. So my point is plan it where it's manageable, do whatever works for you and take like, okay, these are the three or four things I mainly want to do. How can I do them? What days or weeks can I do them? Put them in the calendar. I suggest don't even put, I'm going to do it on Saturday because you know, Saturday might turn into Sunday and Monday. Put Saturday at 2 p.m. And then make sure there's nothing before two and there's nothing after two that's going to stop you. Like really put it in your calendar and don't wait till that day to go, oh, I didn't buy the things to, to freeze them in. Buy them now. So like I said, 
first thing I do is plan. Then I go into like, what do I need to make all these things happen? Well, I would have to get these freezer pans and these bags and things like that. And then I'm going to make sure that all this stuff is realistic. I'm going to plan all my, 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 you know, different parts of whatever I need, ask myself, what do I need for these meals to get it done? And then I break it up between the weeks and I just do a little bit at a time. And by the time Ramadan comes, it's easy. But literally by Ramadan beginning, I have done two weeks worth of cooking usually and put it in. And that's what I was going to tell you. My daughter, last one, I'll say in the past, I have always used a deep freezer. And if you know how annoying deep freezers are, <laughs> like things go in the bottom and then you never find them again. And then you're like, oh, and I, I found I wasted food and I was really disappointed and upset with myself every Ramadan. But one year I sat my daughter and she's like, mommy, you need a stand up freezer like stand-up freezer, like a full-on stand. She's like, yeah. And then she showed it to me. I don't know if it's like Walmart or something. And it wasn't that bad. It was about the same as a deep freezer. It was like 200, but they all had shelves. And it was like, it was like more than a regular freezer. So my point is that was literally the solution for my organization. And then it was just like, okay, I put all my sambusa on this row and this one. And then I'd have to dig for stuff through the deep freezer. So now I use the deep freezer for meats and fishes like in bulk only because I know like, and I could label them in bags or whatever. But then when I want to like actually assemble and make things like I've explained this whole podcast, I do it in a stand-up freezer. Maybe I'll include that in my YouTube video. I don't know. <laughs> We're in the middle of, uh, of organizing with our new house, but inshallah, I just want to tell you like all the crazy things that I do. But the, the point of this podcast is mindful Muslimah. So all I encourage you to do by the end of this podcast is to think more mindfully. Think of one, two. If you want to go crazy, you can go hunk, go hunk, go gung hung with me. Look how tired I am. I can't even talk. And do as many of these as you want because I'm giving you a ton of options. Now, mind you, this is a system I developed over probably 10 to 15 years. Each year I added another element. I didn't do this all the first year. If you were a revert listening to this, you're like, oh my goodness, I can't do all that. You don't have to. This, like I said, is me speaking with 20 years of experience. So I'm telling you that if every year you add one or two things, it'll become more and more and more efficient. But if this year your goal is health, maybe the smoothies in bulk will be the thing for you, right? I also do Turkish breakfast. That's a whole nother thing. Oh my gosh, so easy, so easy. And lastly, I'll say, guys, we have a Ramadan recharge, um, like full-on free class experience that's coming. Get excited for that. I talk about how to get access to all my eBooks that I have additional ones that are not on the website. They are um, like for health and, and weight loss and... Um, for menstruation and for breastfeeding, I haven't. I'm actually going to add a bonus in there for breastfeeding, um, exactly how to breastfeed with like by the sun and stuff like that. And subhanAllah, so many things how to stay motivated, how to feel supported. Like, we have so many things, so many things. So, make sure you're on the email list. By um, if you download the book, you'll get on there. So, everything that's free, you'll get the first alerts before anybody else. All right. So, inshallah, business ta'ala, I will see you guys in the next podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day and week. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi barakatuh.